0: Hey, welcome everyone to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host Shane Grove, and uh, for all our longtime listeners, uh, still know Jason, the super producer. Um, but he did get out of the hospital. He is feeling a little bit better, but he's, he's still a little tired. So we're hoping to uh, coax him back onto the airwaves uh, for next week's podcast. Um, I know a lot of people have still been checking up, checking up on him, and. Um, he's really thankful for, uh, like I said, thankful for everybody's concern. And he said he's uh, he can't wait to get on here and give his standard greetings. You know, I can't do it with the with the same kind of uh, manliness that that Jason can, but uh, so I don't I won't even try. <laughs> but but we appreciate everybody um, everybody's concerns. And, like I said, Jason, let's keep our fingers crossed, keep praying. And uh, that he'll be back with us uh, on next week's show. So with that being said, uh, I just want to remind everybody that if you do have a a story you want to tell, please get a hold of us on our Facebook pages, the From the Shadows podcast page or the After the Shadows forum page uh, on Facebook. Or you can find me on Instagram at Shane Grove Author or our From the Shadows podcast Instagram and our website from the Shadows Podcast, there is a contact page. Um, all those ways you can get a hold of me and 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 uh, tell me what uh, what kind of story you got because i we get them all the time, and we we love to talk to everybody about their eyewitness accounts. and so feel free to uh, get a hold of us. We will uh, we'll definitely love to talk to you. So with that being said, our guest today is somebody that, Um, he's kind of tied into a couple of our former guests and, uh, we're excited to have him on. So you guys have listened to the, uh, happy, uh, happy story from Georgia and Johnny two bears story from Georgia. You'll remember them mentioning this fine gentleman, um, with us on the podcast from Georgia, is none other than Captain Joe. Captain Joe, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you for having me, Shane. Good evening. Hey, we're uh, we're super excited because all all Happy's been telling me for God months and months. You got to talk to Captain Joe. You got to talk to Captain <laughs> Joe. You got to talk to Captain Joe. Um, and um, and we'll get into it a little bit later, but because okay. we'll we'll tease the we'll tease the audience a little bit that you guys actually uh, a couple weeks ago got to go back and visit the place that happy had his encounters so many years ago. We did. And, uh, and, uh, I mean, I've heard some of the stuff and it's pretty, it's pretty exciting. So, um, but I just want to first, le- why am I calling you captain Joe? Uh,
1: I mean, I, w- I want to know why I'm
0: calling you captain. Uh, Joe. Okay.
1: Well, um, uh, well, Quite simply, you know. So I'm a retired infantry infantry officer from the United States Army. Uh, my lab, my retirement rank was captain, um, and you know, it just seems like you know, it seemed like a very uh, easy title to use, just because you know, I was
0: so used to using in the in the military. So, well, cat, well, Captain Joe, first and foremost, uh-huh. thank you for your service. Um, I know um, you, you know, you. have sacrificed, um, more than just your time and for the country. Okay. I don't know if yeah, you want to, yep. I don't know if maybe you want to go into like some of uh, what, uh, what happened during your service and, uh, uh, you know, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you, I, I guess it's, you know, quite simple. Um, you know, much like the, the little, uh, emblem logo that you use on Skype to, find me right it was a bigfoot with a prosthetic leg <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> and, uh, you know yeah. what
0: By by the way that is a uh-huh. fantastic merch right there i mean that, the, that ca- the the <laughs> I, I follow captain joe shirt with the with the prosthetic uh leg yeah. bigfoot that's fantastic yeah <laughs> yeah. so, so I, I i was at walter reed
1: and, and uh um and a good friend of mine um you know we started the 82nd airborne uh um Show me that logo. Next thing you know, what? Uh, um, I had a box delivered to me up there with all these T-shirts of this uh, of you know the the Sasquatch with the, with a left prosthetic leg. And uh, so, for the listeners, um, you know, I, so I I was a platoon leader back in 2009 in in Iraq. You know, uh, and uh, so September 2009 uh, um, was wounded by an IED, um, was subsequently medevaced, um, medically evacuated um, to launch to Germany. Um, when I got to Germany, um, you know, began kind of like the whole uh, medical and hospital process of uh, trying to um, fix my leg. Um, you know, so I spent about 30 days in Germany. Um, I, I was uh, to the point where I was not, uh, obviously not able to go, you know, be returned back to my unit, but they had to get me, uh, stabilized enough to be able to make the long trip from Germany back to Andrews air force base, um, here stateside. Um, so when I did make it back here, um, you know, landed at Andrews and then off to Walter Reed, uh, National Medical Center up there in Bethesda, Maryland. Um, and then from there, um, you know, I was able to, uh, be returned back to Georgia, um, where I live now. But, uh, you know, through the years I've had, um, multiple surgeries on my left lower leg to, uh, um, you know, try to keep it. So, it's you know, I was considered a, a limb salvage patient at the time, you know, so they, uh, obviously they can amputate your leg, um, right then and there, at, you know, at the time of injury or or shortly thereafter, I chose to keep it, you know, I did not want to, um, lose my career, um, because of the amputation. Um, but unfortunately, um, you know, my leg got worse through the years and then finally, uh, Uh, I was actually on an elk hunting trip in Montana, um, not this past October, but the October prior. And, uh, you know, I just shot a big bull elk uh, down this very steep mountain, snowy mountain. And, uh, uh, man, I I physically couldn't go get down this, you know, down the side of the mountain and go put my tag on it. And uh, um, my guide and and caretaker friend that came with me went down there to go do it and uh while they were down there dealing with my elk I <laughs> got on the phone on the side of the mountain called Walter Reed and just kind of told him I said look uh my my I, I think I've come to that point where I realize that this leg is not doing me any good and I I uh requested to leave uh Montana and go straight to Maryland uh to go through uh the protocols for an amputation elective amputation um and uh, so anyways, uh, uh, I was there in November. They scheduled the uh, actual um, amputation surgery in early December. <laughs> I get, back. I go back up there and uh, um, had to get a, a COVID test. By now, you know, COVID was a thing. And uh, somehow I, I was positive COVID test and kind of had a laugh because, I mean, I felt Fine, no symptoms, no nothing whatsoever um, end up having to rent a car drive all the way back to Georgia, you know because it couldn't fly um, then you know what they said well wh- when would you like to come back up and I'm like, well, you know uh early January is fine, you know what so we went back up, my wife and I went back up uh early January, so my uh amputation surgery was on January sixth, which happened to be the day of the big the the capital riots or whatever, whatever people want to call it, you know, the, uh, <laughs> eight and a half hours after, uh, being under the table, I'll wake up in recovery. And, uh, you know, I see on the news there, there in Walter Reed, the, the, the Capitol, uh, police and all this stuff going on. And, uh, you know, I was still all drugged up and I was like, oh, great. you guys started another war without me. <laughs> you know, oh, so, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, uh, Yeah, you know, so I I was, you know, so I spent, uh, you know, like three and a half weeks there uh, in there uh, at Walter Reed. And then uh, um, they made a deal with me if I promised uh, not to do anything stupid, they'll let me go home to Georgia for a few weeks. And then I went back up in February uh, to, uh, uh, you know, for for the surgeon, chief surgeon there to, you know, review, um, you know, my wounds and whatnot. And As soon as he signed off that I was good, I, uh, I flew from Walter Reed, uh, straight down to the center for Intrepid in San Antonio, Texas. And I spent most of the spring there, um, to my prosthetics and rehabilitation, uh, you know, then was able to come home in early May, um, walking, you know, on, on, on a new prosthetic leg, you know, so, uh everything's been good, you know, but, uh, you know, I think, um, a lot of people kind of ask me like, obviously how, how I got involved with the whole Sasquatch Bigfoot thing. Right. You know, and, uh, um, I think, I you know, before we came on, kind of told you about the, uh, visual sighting, uh, that I had on, the, on the military base and, uh, and it stuck with me for a few years. And even though I've, I tried reaching out to some of these well-known uh, sites or individuals. I don't think these people really uh, took me serious. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I just kind of shelved it, you know? So well, I, well,
0: it's, you know, hearing that story. And I mean, I think that's important, you know, like like here to hear what you have gone through, you know, to serve the country and to keep, you know, what we all take for granted that we can, you know, be free and and listen to Bigfoot shows and and you know go Bigfoot and and mm-hmm. Sasquatch ghost hunting whatever it is. I mean, there's real stuff going on, um, other places in the world that are exactly that our men and women are dealing with. You know, whether it's physically or emotionally, years and years late. You know never yeah. never leaves them and yeah. i mean i think it's important for people to have heard your heard that part of your story as much as it yeah. is for them to hear this next part yeah. of the story now i will yeah. say on a lighter note that having talked to happy and johnny two bears uh-huh. i know why they take you bigfoot and because they know when it gets real tough they're just going to take out your prosthetic leg and you're going to be left with in the <laughs> wood when it goes when it goes down i know what those well, guys are up to but i yeah, think yeah, yeah. i have a sneaky feeling you could probably defend yourself just yeah. good enough that it won't, yeah. won't I, matter
1: yeah. i you know i i always think of that not just because of the bigfoot thing but because uh you know i've been you know very fortunate to you know hunt in some awesome places you know, last september i was in the uh, back country of Wyoming, you know, in an area where it's very well known for grizzly bears and, and, and whatnot. And, and believe me, I, you know, you, you, you gotta think about your personal safety out there, you know, and, uh, um, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, you, you know, bear spray does not work, you know, I mean, uh, um, well, I take that back. I, I'm sure it works. I, I just don't want to be the, uh,
0: <laughs> Like you don't want to be the one
1: trying. <laughs> yeah, because, you, you know, I mean, you, you talk to enough like hunting guides and stuff like that. Um, you know, if the wind's blowing in your face and you spray the bear, now you've got it in your eyes and in the bear. And now you're both on the ground and uh, <laughs> scre- <laughs> screaming, you know, uh, um, I, I don't know. And then I always kind of I always kind of joke. I'm like, who's to say this stuff doesn't taste like soy sauce to a bear? You know, I, uh, um, yeah, you know, what? I mean, (laughs) but you you know, um, I, I I think when we, we were out, uh, at the location of happy's encounter, um, I was the only one that was not armed. You know, I, I I brought a video camera, you know, um, all the rest of them, you know, uh, you know, they, you know, that, you know, they were all, you know, armed with something, you know, and, uh. You know, I'm just kind of like, okay,
0: you know, uh, <laughs> well, and then once we get into your sighting, I mean, it yeah. almost makes you think that maybe it doesn't matter what you go out there armed with because yeah. it doesn't seem to be, yeah. uh, it doesn't seem to be a deterrent. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah.
1: Well, that, and you know, uh, um, uh, I, I guess this is one of those things where, you know, Hey, I, you know, I left my, you know, my pistol in in the vehicle, you know, my, our, our outing that day or, you know, our field investigation, whatever, you know, I was more focused on, on toting a camera, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, I've, I've spent not only a a career, you know, in, in, you know, in the bush, um, you know, I, I, I work in the, uh, outdoor industry now, you know, um, so (laughs) I do it, uh, you know, good part of more than half, half the year, you know, um, from, um, hunting show, you know, and different locations all over, you know? Um, so I feel, yeah, obviously very confident in the woods, but, uh, um, you know, but anyways, my, my visual or my sighting and and all that, I mean, it definitely makes you, it makes you wonder sometimes, you know, And, and obviously that's, that's how I got to meet, you know, Johnny Two Bears, you know, um, and, uh, uh, you know, it, and it's been great collaborating with him and Angie. And then, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we you know, we, we've we done our podcast as well and shares share stories. And, you know, they are what I call uh, they're 24 seven into the subject, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, every day, you know, and, and um, you know, uh, and, and me, I'm like, eh, you know, I, nothing's cool ever happened to me, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, well, know,
0: like, I, yeah, l- so. listen, let's let the audience think if nothing cool has ever. Yeah. ever yeah. yeah, so so when, so um, let's go back to your to your visual when okay. when approximately did that take place
1: okay so uh um uh, four years ago uh um a very grueling and uh prestigious uh sniper competition um had changed hands of ownership um and the new owners um had asked me um with my military background and 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 shooting experience whatnot what can we do to make, uh, this event, you know, bigger and better. And, uh, you know, and I've competed in, in this sniper challenge, uh, several times. Um, and, and it is, and it, it is tough, you know, it, it's, uh, it's one of those competitions where, um, you know, uh, they're, they're expected to lose, you know, 60% of the field, you know, as being, you know, being dropouts. Um, so I knew that hey, um, you know, we, we had to keep the integrity of this competition being, being tough, um, uh, because of my military experience and obviously, uh, rapport with, uh, with the brass, you might say, um, you know, I, I simply stated, I'm like, Hey, we, we should bring this competition to a military base. Um, and, uh, you know, so I made several, you know, uh, several trips to different, uh, military installations, um, um, to look at, you know, obviously range complexes and, and whatnot, and, you know, what type of logistical support they would have, but, uh, you know, lo and behold, end up, um, being able to, uh, work with the, uh, you know, obviously the, the staff and the garrison commander and commanding general, um, here, military base here in Georgia. Um, I won't, I won't, uh, uh, disclose the the name of the installation just to kind of, you know, protect them from any, any, you know, whatever, you know, um, you know, and I'll also leave the name of the sniper competition out, but, it, but anyways, uh, you know, this, Leading up to this event, which is held in January, um, you know, there's obviously a lot of pre planning that, that, that is involved in this, right? So um, the nature of the competition is, you know, it's three days. Uh, c- competitors start on a Friday morning. Um, they're expected, you know, so they're two man teams, right? So they work together. Um, and uh, these teams are expected to. Uh, carry all of their ammunition, their rifles, uh, all their gear in their rucksacks, you know, or, you know, their you know, large backpacks. Uh, we call them rucks in the military. Um, and these, you know, these rust weigh everything from 45 to 80 pounds, depending on how much they want to suffer. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you if, if you if you pack light, be, be, uh, they can expect to be cold and wet. <laughs> you pack heavy. You're carrying it, right? Because <laughs> you got, yeah, you got to finish with everything you started with, right? But so, anyways, so the course of this 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 competition, you know, teams go from point A to, to to B, from B to C, C to D, and you know what? They'll cover up to forty miles. Well, for the pre-planning of all these ruck routes, right? So all these these marching routes, myself, and my daughter, um, we. Would go out and 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 walk every trail, you know, on on um obviously using using maps that were provided to us, you know. Uh it was very neat that, you know, I was able to work with um uh, uh some folks with Garmin, you know, because one of the things that I wanted to, to do to protect the teams was to say, Hey, if I tell you point A to point B is four point six miles, it is gonna be four point six miles right? Because the competitors are expected to be able to, to traverse that distance in a seven and a half minute mile pace. Right. So, okay.
0: yeah.
1: um, so if I say, Hey, you got X amount of time to get from point A to point B, um, you got, you know, you got to get there. Right. And, and, uh, so I'm, I'm not cheating them on distance, you know, um, and time. Um, so having the assets from the military to be able to help plan this was, was great. Um, you know, uh, Also leading up to this event was uh, me volunteering uh, time to help instruct some new competitors, some new soldiers um, that uh, had, had signed up for this, but they had never shot a, uh, one that never, they never shot a tactical precision rifle. Um, try not to use the word sniper rifle, um, uh, and not at the distances that were going to be required in this event. Um, now, obviously I, I had, you know, I've had ex- lots of years of experience doing it. I was, you know, prior enlisted before I was an officer. Um, you know, so, but anyways, <sighs> you know, it was back in May, uh, leading up to this, uh, you know, to, to my sighting, you know, that we had uh, planned to do a, a training day on one of the, the military ranges um, there on the installation. And so we had um, three teams out that day. Um, I was going to act as um, a spotter for them. So meaning as they would fire at at steel targets down range, um, I had a, a, a large Louisville Mark four. Spotting scope. So this is the you know this is the military issued you know spotting scope and um, you know uh, very high magnification, very uh, high quality piece of uh, glass. um, You know, uh, and um, so is myself. And then I had the uh, uh, range staff, uh, a range safety officer. Um, His job was to conduct all the safety operations. So. Uh, he would he would announce to the shooters that the range you know, the Rangers hot, meaning they were able to shoot at the targets. And then after so many minutes uh, of, of that, he would call the range cold, meaning, uh, you know, they they had to stop shooting, unload their rifles and step uh, back away from their guns, you know, uh, not handling them. And then we would go look at their targets so obviously, you know, so we started shooting at targets from 200 yards out to 600 yards. Um, and as the shooters got more confident in communicating with one another and picking out targets and shooting at these steel targets, uh, on the range, we, you know, we said, all right, we're going to go out to, a um, a thousand yard targets. Uh, and so, you know, we rode out there and these, you know, uh, um, UTVs and, and, uh, painted the targets white. And, uh, so at that, at that point, that's the, um, the impact berm. So that's the furthest point away from the firing, uh, point, meaning firing point, meaning where their rifles were, where they were going to be doing the shooting from. We were a thousand yards away, uh, painting targets and, uh, um, came back, um, you know, came back to the rifles and those, uh, you know, the teams were expected to get, to get, uh, their shooting solutions, you know, based on that, on the distance and the wind. Um, and as, uh, the range safety officer called, uh, you know, the range is hot. I was standing behind them, uh, with the, with my spotting scope on a tripod. Um, and so I had teams one, two, and three in front of me and I would, Tell, all right, three, you know, uh, three, you're up. So team three, they would shoot. Two, you're up. Two would shoot. One, you're up. And one would shoot. Um, and I would I would give them a correction, meaning, uh, you know, um, I, I could see where their bullets impacted. And if they were off, they missed the target to the right, I would, you know, say, come left, point .2 mils, or, or whatever distance it was that, you know, that they needed. And they they would make a correction and they would be able to fire again, and and hopefully hit the target right. Um, But in the course of all this, um, because I was behind the shooters and up above them a little ways on on a on a slight hill, uh, I had a little bit more elevation, so I could see over the over the impact berm. And the, the impact berm was nothing but a you know big mound of dirt right that a bulldozer pushes. You know, and so that's where your bullets are are meant to impact. Right. I mean, that's where yeah, they're supposed to yeah. go in. The, you know, they, they go in the earth and, and that's where they stop. Um, now, beyond that is what's called in the military, you know, we call it a small arms impact area. Right. So that's that is a huge piece of property, huge piece of acreage um, that is mapped out to be able to. All right. If you shoot. Your bullet's going to run out of air and gravity and it's going to, you know, it takes over and the bullet falls to earth a couple hundred yards, you know, away, right? Um, So so something I want to explain, like, to your listeners, um, like how a military range, most military installation ranges are set up. uh, Imagine a pie plate, right? And then, um, or, you know, a pie in in a pie plate. And um you cut you know the the individual pieces of pie right and not now you got these little triangles right so uh, and obviously as the shooters are the pie crust right they're on the they're on the edge and they shoot towards the middle okay so all the ranges on on most of the bases are set up that same way where the pie crusts are the shooting points right and the impact area is like in the middle of middle of the pie right so all the bullets you know are supposed to land down down in the middle somewhere right and that's for that's you know for safety reasons obviously right you know so you don't want to have a, a range kind of facing towards town and some guy accidentally shoots his gun at a 45 degree and it goes off in some neighborhood somewhere you know um so that's why you know rangers are kind of set up this way um, also, uh, you know, for, for more safety protocol, there is a, a, uh, range safety office, right? So they are kind of like the air traffic control office for all the, all the range operations going on, right? So if, uh, you know, they're the ones that, that range safety officer, he, he communicates to on, with a, through a radio, meaning like we, you know, uh, range 20 going hot at you know 1400 you right going cold 14 whatever you know whatever the time is um and he also tells people that, hey you know he also tells that office that you know um three personnel going down range to check targets three personnel return you know um so obviously there's a lot of communication going on you know um again for safety reasons well in the midst of the shoot uh, of, of these three teams shooting and I and me spotting for them and I can see over this berm, there is a there's a single fire break um, you know this fire breaks just kind of look like a dirt road you know it's made by a dozer right it goes down one blade length and it comes back that same blade length right and it just you know, obviously there for, you know, fire purposes and, uh, um, very clear. So it, that fire break is running away from me. So I'm basically, I'm looking down a very, you know, looking down a dirt road and it's running, you know, 2000 yards away, from, you know, away from me. Um, but I, this is where my siding happens. I see this Large and I will say bipedal because he was on two legs, right? Thing, person being bigfoot, Sasquatch, uh, just nonchalantly take a take a stride and cross this road. Now I'm fixed on it because I I see the movement, right? And uh, you know what I instinctively I, sh- I should have yelled you know ceasefire, fire cease fire, you know so and but I'm, I'm watching this thing walking through the brush now. And, uh, um, and you can kind of see it clear today. Cause it's not thick brush. It's been, you know, very well cleared out. You know, um, there's bushes here and there, some pine trees and whatnot. And, um, and I shout out to the RSO, you know, called him by name. I said, do you see that over the berm across the fire break? And he's, Oh my God, what is that? Right. And then we both, and and he yells out ceasefire on the bullhorn and, and and all the shooters stop shooting right and we see this thing going for a few more seconds and then it just kind of di- just disappears in the you know thicker brush right and uh but at no point did this thing <laughs> run duck for cover you know now granted you know i got these you know three three shooters in front of me and then there's obviously other other shooters u- utilizing the range, you know, um, uh, to our left and to our right, you know, So there's there's a lot of gunfire going down in the direction of this this being. Right. Um, and like I said, at no point did it duck for cover, uh, did it <laughs> like jump to hide behind a tree? You know, it just kept on walking and uh, and so the the funny thing about it is uh, you know the little logo uh, picture that uh that um yeah that i have there on my skype i mean it that's kind of what it looked like you know and uh um maybe not such long arm sway length you know but it was big it was grayish brown um so so, so now here we're we're kind of in a a safety Hold, right? And, you know, we had to call the range control office and tell them that we had you know, a personnel downrange. And of course, now they send a person out there to the range that we we're utilizing. And, you know, we are told that we were the only range in operation and hot that day. Meaning, so we're, you know, the only shooters using, you know, uh, the base ranges were the ones that were in front of us there um and because of because we were using live ammo and we were shooting they don't allow for any maintenance operations inside that impact area I'll, you know for uh, for obvious reasons right you never know if oh, a stray yeah. stray bullet goes down there well so you know so it just kind of just you, you know that bothered me because you know in my career something like that, I mean, that, that is a, that is a butt chewing, you know? And, uh, you know, and you know what, and if someone were to be injured out there, that's a career ender, you know? Um, but you know, it, it just bothered me and, uh, that this large thing and, uh, you know, it, it, and I saw it through this spotting scope, right? And I've, I've, you know, you know, so obviously if, if you go to like the, uh, you know, our Sasquatch Encounter Brigade, uh, Facebook page, you know, I've had some, I've posted photos of my spotting scope that I've used to take pictures of the moon with, right? Um, and you know what, at high magnification, you can see the craters and the valleys of the moon through the spotting scope. I mean, it is, it is just as good as a good spot, a good telescope, you know, and, uh, So for me, seeing this, this being at 1200 yards, when I could pick out craters and, 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 and valleys on the moon, right. At how many thousand miles away that is, you know, you can't tell me what I saw in front of me at, at high magnification. You know, it, it, it wasn't a bear just happened to skip across the road, you know? (laughs) Um, And it, it, you know, uh, it did not act like a human because you know what, even at that distance, um with muzzles facing you and bullets coming in that direction you're still going to hear you know the rifle report right um and anyone that's ever been in combat or not that they could tell you there's a very distinct noise when you're getting shot at you know um and but this thing did not you know it didn't act like you know it it cared it just looked like okay. I'm going from point A to point B, and I'm just taking this path, you know. Um, we we were able to uh, take it side by side down to that uh, to the the area where the um, crossing point was, and unfortunately, you, you know, other than you know, we we you know, there was a impression, but you know, I wasn't thinking Bigfoot at the time, right? I was. I, I'm sitting there trying to look for Vibram uh, logo, right? <laughs> I'm trying to look for, you know, that actual. Like you still, like you like still think it's print. a, you a still person. think
0: it's a guy, a person. Okay.
1: Yeah. So I'm trying to see like what logo was on the tread pattern of their boot, right? Yeah. Is it mil? Is it military issue boot, right? Yeah. But there was not enough. There was no tread pattern. It just looked like a very big depression. Now, now this is where it, you know. I get to thinking about this was and I tell people, I'm like, and this thing took a, a step to cross this road that I don't think Carl Lewis could have could have stepped across the road. Uh, and, and, you know, and Carl Lewis, the, um, you know, the, the, the sprinter, the long sprinter and <laughs> exactly, you know, because this was a very wide. And if if a person were to try this, they, I think they would be, they would have to, uh, exaggerate their gait if you you know if you kind of catch my drift there i mean they um it it just would not be a natural human um step just because it was just too far you know um and you 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 know so yeah so that was one of those things i'm like okay you know there's not no you know uh you know clear boot tracks you know they're like like i said just very soft kind of sugar sand and it was just kind of one very big depression you know in this crossing fire break right um so you know yeah you know, i mean i kind of let it go you know uh you know i've got a lot a lot of things to prepare for for the sniper competition and whatnot you know well now the event goes comes on you know january rolls around the event is happening right now i've got 200, some of the best sniper teams, you know, you know, uh, you know, so you got all the different branches, you got, you know, Rangers, Green Berets, uh, you know, top civilian teams, uh, uh, a lot of military units, even had some foreign foreign army uh, uh, foreign uh, army competitors competing in this thing, and uh, um, you yeah, know, so they would shoot from, you know, from from early morning to uh about 1600 at night so about you know uh 4 p.m right um because in january it starts getting dark around that time and uh one of the things that we had to do was the competitors you know they had to sleep out right they had to um sleep in a bivouac right so that that kind of brings on the suck factor of this this event was that not only are they out there all day in the cold you know, January weather, now they got to sleep overnight in it too. Right. And, uh, um, so we, we had a location picked out where all the teams, uh, would converge to this bivouac campsite at night. We would, uh, make sure that they're all reported in, uh, we had to collect all the ammunition from them, um, store it in a, in a, uh, in a lockable building with, with a guard and whatnot, you know, just to make sure that, no one went crazy in the middle of the night and decided to go shoot up somewhere on, on base, whatnot, you know? Um, and, uh, um, uh, we had a sizable, uh, group of, uh, scorekeepers, staff, volunteers, right? People, uh, people that ran the ranges, the scorekeepers, you know, so I had scorekeepers from, uh, you know, the army Ship unit, you know, um, uh, um some of the, uh, manufacturers from the, from the industry, you know, from scope manufacturers and whatnot, you know, all, you know, all these people travel here, you know, to be part of this event. Well, <coughs> you know, it was also my job to make sure that all these, these people got fed. So, you know, we had arranged for, uh, meals to be made, you know, from, from restaurants in town. And then we would, uh, have a person drive them t- to us. Well, so, so we had a, a, uh, an operation center, um that you know we would um, do all this stuff at and anyways uh two females that brought us our meals one night they you know they asked you know if we need anything they were on their way home you know so they left about 9:30 p.m <coughs> and um now they're driving home on on range road and range road is that you know the, the road that goes around the big pie crust right you know mm-hmm. uh so, you know, so it's a it's a it's a hardball, you know, paid road. And uh, well, I mean, they leave and, you know, about 10 minutes later, I get a frantic phone call from one of the ladies and she's asking me, you know, like, oh, do you have competitors out on the range in ghillie suits? And I'm like, no. Yes. Yeah, yeah. At no point in the competition did the um, teams have to do anything but ghillie suits. So they did not even bring them. And I and I asked why. And she goes, well, you know, she gave me their location and her and the passenger said, well, a very large person in a ghillie suit just tried to cross the road in front of us. And I say, well, that's not any of ours. I said, because they're all all the all the teams are accounted for and in the bivouac site. And because of the competition going on, there was no other training exercises or whatnot in uh you know in the range complex at all right um just again safety reasons well so this lady she just kind of said okay well okay maybe it was just a bear because i think you know right, <laughs> in in her mind she didn't want to believe what she just saw right mm-hmm. and, and literally i talked to her like last week about this right and like she said hey it was a very tall Thing, uh two legs in a ghillie suit, trying to walk up onto the road to cross it. But as they were coming down, their headlights caught it. This thing did an about face and went right back in the brush. <laughs> and, but it didn't run. I mean, as they passed by, it was still, you know, in the shoulder where the, you know, just grasp. It hadn't gone into the thick brush yet, you know. And they said it was, it was just tall. And, um, Uh, okay yeah so it's so funny you know so i i I went out to the location with them you know and i marked an x right um and and that was it you know what after the competition was all done i finally had time to sit back and think about okay and what did i see what did these ladies see and i start and i get the map out right and i'm like okay the location is less than a click right and less than that you know a thousand kilometers right from there from where i saw my visual and from the crossing point on the road where they had theirs and so i do like everyone else you know and i go to google right and i type in bigfoot sightings in georgia and it brings me to the a bfro database page right and uh <laughs> you know and so lo and behold man right there's a Listed in 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 the county, and I look at the county, and I I happen to see in 1979 on this same installation there was a sighting, and as I read through this uh, this this report, they name off uh, a certain uh, land feature, a you know a creek, and I was like, huh, ironically that creek is like 500 yards from the spot that I saw my sighting and that Creek runs right up to the crossing point of the road where these ladies saw their thing in a ghillie suit, trying to cross the road at nine thirty at night. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And uh, you can almost draw a line. Uh, and so I, yeah. And so that's when, you know, I started going on to Facebook and I start, you know, and it's so funny I, I reached out to one group you know and uh turns out they were more of a social club you know um and <laughs> yeah so uh you know they they really didn't uh you know believe you know uh, th- they didn't even want to hear about it you know I, I i think they just wanted me to come out and have beers with them but <clears throat> then you know i reached out to some other you know, another another page you know um well-known page whatnot and um I just kind of blew me off. I'm like, I'm like, man, I have spent nine years, nine years of my adult life in Iraq and Afghanistan, right? I have seen some of the, um, you know, plus plus, you know, uh, another deployment to Africa, you know, I have seen some of the, the the coolest animals in the world. I, you know, um, I have been in the Iraqi. Iranian, uh, border, you know, I've been in the Pakistan border. Um, and here's this guy that just, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't even believe anything I'm trying to tell him, you know? And, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, I've had, that has uh, to
0: be very frustrating.
1: For not, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so here, here's a guy, you know what, man, I, uh, you know, I, uh, when I was wounded, I had, uh, Senator John McCain in my room, uh, the former president. um, <laughs> you know, so I get this. Uh, I had to tell you know the the uh, the Facebook famous Bigfoot people not wanting to listen to me, but and so lo and behold, I happened to see a page about you know, like on Georgia Sasquatch and research, and I see Johnny Two Bears on there, and and I reach out to him, and turns out he was a Marine. So when, as soon as I I mentioned small arms impact areas, live fire, I mean. He knew, I mean, and, and, and any of your military listeners or even law enforcement listeners, um, you know, they would know the severity of having someone downrange on a, during a live fire on, on a hot range. And, and he, he, those things are not supposed to happen. There's too many safety protocols to prevent that, you know? And, uh, and, and that's what, you know, kind of got me into this, this, this subject, you know, I, and again, I, you know, it wasn't you know a, a cool thing, you know, like I, I it, you know, I, I I saw a thing for several seconds, you know, through a through a spotting scope, and it it was walking on two legs, and uh, it didn't have a care in the world that that bullets were heading that direction, you know. Um.
0: Well, I, and, well, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think it's very telling that you and those two women. Okay. Yeah. You, that you saw very clearly something that was not a person. Yeah. But yet you still went to investigate it as if you were going to discover it was a person. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like you, like, well that's thinking it was a bigfoot was not even though you even though yeah. you could clearly see that it was not a person that it was yeah not it, was me, not a, it, no, it was not no it was not some yeah it wasn't some it, guy walking yeah
1: yeah it was not a person in uniform it was um you know so the the benefit that i had using that mark IV loophole spotting scope is it has a ranging reticle in it so ranging reticle kind of looks like Obviously, um, people see it in movies, right? Those uh, scope reticles where they got little tick marks, right? And yeah. so we 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 use those ticks and hash marks to to get a height and width of an object, and from that you do a math solution, and you can get basically a distance, right? So I saw enough of this thing to say it was, you know, uh, 12 to 13 hundred yards from my, from my location, uh, from where I saw it. And, uh, now if I looked at a six foot, you know, six foot being an average person, right height at that distance, they were, they're puny compared to what I saw, (laughs) you know, and, uh, but yeah, you know, so when, the day of my ended back in that May, you know, when I went out to that crossing location, I, you know, believe me, I was hoping it, you know, I would just, I would, you know, it'd be like some soldier who was, you know, lost, or 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 maybe a a, a timber cruiser who was out, you know, running lines or something. But it wasn't, you know, there was no clue there was no like i said i used you know the word Vibram. still a lot of our military souls right um on on our, on our boots you know got vibrum souls right and and they're pretty uh, easy to to identify um but there was none of that um and then you know what these these ladies you know you can hear the in their voices when they called i mean they were frightened Right. You know, it was a mother daughter and and they were they were frightened. um, especially when they knew that we did not have competitors out doing things (laughs) in ghillie suits. Right. And then.
0: But in the first thing and the first thing they want to say is it's a bear. I think it's just they want to convince themselves that. Yeah.
1: What they saw was not what they. They thought they really saw, you know,
0: because because would you <laughs> let's be real. If you were driving along, if you're those women and it was really a bear, they wouldn't have called you up and say, hey, guess what? I just saw a bear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're not going to. They're not. They're not they're, yeah. they're, it's not going to be that big a deal. The, yeah. They knew it wasn't a bear. And they and then when you confirmed that uh, you didn't have any guys out. There yeah. we <laughs> running around like that. It's like, uh okay well I- yeah you know so so what's so funny is
1: so, so the next night when they came to bring out the meals is you know we're we're in this big room and you know and you know and you know one of one of the folks that were helping was you know green beret and big guy broad shoulders and i was like can you point out anyone in here that looks about it you know what you saw he goes well Taller than him and wider, and it happened to be the biggest guy in the room, <laughs> you know. And I was like, you know, I'm like, okay, and that dude's six six, you know, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, and I said, okay, well, I don't think that was a bear, you know, but I, man, I, I, and I just didn't, you know, I didn't want to keep antagonize them about it, just because I know they had to drive home again that night, you know. But uh, uh, um, but like I said, you know, from from time to time I'll see him and I we'll we'll talk about it and um and they they still don't know they don't want to admit that the whole bigfoot thing you know um but it is uh <laughs> i i i think i think they know you know
0: oh yeah uh,
1: yeah. Y- yeah yeah you know and i uh i um you know you, you know coupled that with the 1979 report you know soldier from a soldier on that installation there right so i you know this conversation i've had with johnny and obviously uh with a lot of our our crew is that you know if you uh you know if you you want to get lost you know not be found man what you know what a what a great place of real estate than on a military installation it's got like thousands and thousands of acres that are really untouched and unused right you know um
0: you know well it's it's, one thing it's it's one thing to get lost though but (coughs) it's another thing to to kind of uh stroll Mm -hmm. within range of getting (laughs) shot you
1: know yeah uh,
0: exactly (laughs) you know
1: and and so so that's what you know so I, i i think about okay um january during the competition you know we utilized so many different ranges on that day. We had so many competitors going from like, like I said, different different points, different ranges, right? So there was a lot, a lot of gunfire going on, right? A lot from mm-hmm. all different directions. So at one point, you know, so hey, if it was me and I wanted to egress or e- escape an area that was all of a sudden getting lit up, right, uh, or high activity, I would wait till the cover of darkness, right? you know and i think that's perhaps what this thing was trying to do it just so happens these ladies happen to be coming down the road and ca- and caught it you know um but yeah you know um yeah it, it, it's kind of you know it's kind of you know, obviously very intriguing you know and then obviously you know when um Mr. Happy Harris you know told me about his encounter and i mean it's it's, you know, 45 minutes away. Right. And, and, and that, that 45 minutes from it is very rural type country, you know, uh, farm agriculture type, type things. And then, you know, he's in that location is very, um, uh, agriculture out there, you know, uh, private land owners with, with big sections of, of woods. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, Yeah. You know, it, um, he had his, his incident, what, 20, 30 years ago, you know, and it it just, you know, it just kind of blows me away because I'm like, well, shoot, you know what, I mean, how, who knows how long the, you know, these things could have been in this area, you know? So,
0: uh, well, it's, I mean, I mean, the picture that I get is that, you know, you say it's forty five minutes away by car, mm-hmm. yeah. But by the crow flies, if you wanted to get, grab, you know, jump down on a creek bed or follow a river or something, yeah, you could probably get from the military base to where Happy and so mm-hmm. this other land is, and not it wouldn't take forty five minutes. No, would, no, see, exactly. Yeah, straight straight
1: line would be different, you know. Um,
0: plus, you know, uh, gosh, you know, there's.
1: You know there's swampy areas i mean even the the farm that i hunt you know um which i would say is like between distance wise is between you know the insulation and happy's happy's encounter location but you know what there's a swamp there um very large swamp you know um and then gosh you know there's a swampy bottom area all all near that area where happy's encounter was at and uh um, you know, so I'm like, well, man, what, what a great, uh, you know, uh, section or, you know, like, like, a, like a byway, you know, cause man, most humans ain't going to go walking through all that stuff. You know what I mean? Um, so they got roads. <laughs> yeah, they exactly. Got roads, right? they've, they've got a, they've got a, 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 a exactly uh, their own private little road network because, you know, most people don't go in that stuff, you know, and, uh, um, there's food galore. And like I said, you know, uh, a lot of agriculture, you know, from, uh, even, you know, from dairy farms to chicken, chicken houses and stuff like that, you know, and, uh, um, uh, um, you know, plenty of cover, right? So you, you've almost got all your basic needs met. So
0: now do you, um, so let's come to like the present here. Like mm-hmm. you sort of, uh, you were telling me about the land that you kind of, that you hunt on. And you, yeah. You kind yeah. of take care of some of the stuff that, that, and you didn't <laughs> think it was that big of a deal. You said no, it no. Exciting. But you know, I think our listeners will, <laughs> will yeah, kind of, uh, different ideas.
1: And again, it, it, it you, you know, so like I, I told you, I, the farm that I hung on, is, you know, it's a two two hundred twenty acres, right? And it uh, private keypad gate entry, right? Um, and then the adjoining landowner um, is a um, non-state resident, so he's you know lives out of state, you know, and he's got thousands of acres, and he's got an old old man caretaker, you know. Um, this individual only comes up maybe three or four times a year, you know, um, so not a lot of pressure there you know um uh, we we've been very blessed in this area to be able to to grow and produce some very very big deer right um uh it's it i i'm very selective on the ones that i harvest from there um you know uh it's kind of funny like my wife and you know my, my friend who who passed away um you know his his his, his widow, you know, they, they, you know, they, they say, uh, you know, I, I I just go out there to feed my pets. Right. And, uh, um, and, and, but on this farm, you know, um, we've in the time that I've, uh, I've hunted in some of the areas, which are kind of butt up against this swamp. And like I said, you know, this swamp travels for miles, right. Um, and it's in the bottom area, uh, Bottom of a power line. Um, I can only get a tractor down in there in uh, early fall, just because uh, it's so muddy and mucky. Um, you'll get you'll get stuck. Um, you know, if you don't do it in a dry dry week or whatnot. But uh, every time I have taken the tractor to um, bush hog um, some walking trails, um, so I. I even though I'm an amputee and I wear a prosthetic, I I still park hundreds hundreds of yards away from like where I'm going to go hunt at. You know, I one I, I I enjoy the the walking in process, right? You know, it, it's good exercise. Two, I'm not scaring animals, right? Um, so obviously I use a a, a small tractor and a, and a at a bush hog to you know cut some paths for me. Um. Every time I do any type of work along that swamp area, things happen, you know. Um, and then, you know, here's a good point. Two years ago, a fiber optic company uh uh come through to down that power line through the swamp. Um, you know, they brought all those big rigs that, that cut the limbs, you know, off of trees that that grow, you know, inwards into a power line, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, they you, you know, so obviously on this was like multi you know, took them about a week, you know, so but they would they you know they, they left their equipment out there. Well uh you know uh one you know one afternoon I was out there and um checking on checking on some some you know some deer feeders and and game cameras and stuff like that and one of the guys rides up to me on a four wheeler and You know, he started questioning me, you know, about some of their equipment, you know, and I was like, what do do you mean? Because, you know, he said, well, someone went down and tore up the instrument panel on one of their big dozers. And I said, man, it wasn't me. I said, you know, why would the hell, you know, why would the hell would I do that? Because you guys are doing me a favor. I mean, you guys are clearing that whole area for me, (laughs) you know, I mean, uh, um, but the mistake is they left it down next to so i i call that spot the neutral zone right and it kind of right it's it's i don't go there and they don't cross there <laughs> that's like, in my mind that's kind of how I have, to, I have to tell myself right um you know like hey um if you if you if you bigfoots really do exist and you and and you guys are down here you know right? i'll give you the swamp you just don't come across you know the the dry land, right? Um but every time you know it, whether that power company crew was down there or I'll I'll cut areas near there, man my my deer feeder in man, this year was torn apart, the legs bent and so when I had to describe this is that you know it didn't just get knocked over, right? So here's mm-hmm. a deer feeder you know on three three legs and but the legs were were displaced 25 30 yards away in different directions you know and then you know you, you these deer feeders are big heavy plastic um things and yeah, there's a big big hole in one right and uh in the plastic um never never even found the motor the motor is gone um my I had a you know a cellular camera in a tree um about uh you know almost six seven feet up on a tree pointing down downward towards the feeder that camera was ripped the solar panel was was torn ripped up and the camera was busted you know and and, you know i've been you know hunting and, and obviously working in the hunting industry long enough that you can tell okay hey raccoons chewed this up or whatnot right no, there, there was no little teeth marks, you know, I mean, this was like, this thing was beat up, you know, um, broken plastic, uh, there's no, no, no weird little claw marks. And, um, you know, so this was back in June this year. And I said, okay, well, you know what? They were obviously, and I say they, they were upset that I, uh, I cut a new path. And the reason I had to cut a new path through the woods is because, you know, my now I'm on prosthetic leg. Right. And I, I wanted to cut a path that was easier for me to walk on. You know, and that's all it is. I just happened to go through a section of woods. I think they weren't too pleased about, you know, and. On that path, you know, I found a dead Rottweiler, I mean, in the middle of the path, I mean, this dog could have died anywhere, <laughs> but it was on this path. You know, and uh, and I remember taking a picture of it, sending it to Johnny and, and Angie and, and, and whatnot. And I said, man, I said, of all places this thing could have been, it happens to be in, in the, you know, so I'm using a bush hog four four foot bush hog. It's in a four foot path. Right. And uh, and there's hardwoods to the left and to the right of me. You know, I. I um, I mean, it's yeah. not like it got,
0: it's not like it got hit by a car on the road and wandered. No, because the God.
1: nearest road is, is like a half mile away. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it have to get through a swamp too. Right. And so that's what, that. that so, you know, I, I, I kind of, uh, kind of shell that, you know, that incident, you know, um, I, 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 have I've, I've sat in a in a deer stand near that swamp on a very calm day. And I've heard, uh, like large trees, you know, the whole saying, hey, you know, if a tree f- falls in the forest, do you hear it? Oh yeah, you hear it. I mean, it sounds like thunder <laughs> falling, you know, but you know what? There've been times where, you know, the best, best description is I've heard all these, like, uh, imagine t- giving a, uh, T ball team, a bunch of bats and letting them go play Jedi Knights. Right, yeah. and that's what it sounds like going on in in this swamp, right, and you know, and here i I'm trying to deer hunt and and i I strictly bow hunt, you know, so I don't really bring the guns out there, you know, and i I enjoy you know the you know the whole archery process, but anyways man i I hear these things, I'm hearing big trees snap and fall over and and stuff like that. Like, like I said, on, on calm, calm days and, and whatnot. And, and, uh, and it's always in that swamp area, you know? And, uh, um, yeah, yeah I don't know. You know, it's a, it, i I've had something like run through the brush at, at one point, uh, um, along a Creek and, uh, you know, my daughter and I were going to, we, uh, we scouted out an area, put a new ladder stand and, uh, um all i could see was the tops of uh some brush being moved over like you know the old king kong movies you know like you, you see the, oh, yeah. the tops mm-hmm. moving yeah i see this just rushing and that you know and i'm i'm expecting i mean god dog you know something that big i'm expecting like a like a cow to come running by me or something like that you know and this thing just goes whizzing you know whizzing by and you know i i didn't see a thing you know i mean just because it was you know real thick stuff but you know i was like well you know what the foot strike on the ground it wasn't a deer you know i mean it didn't have itty bitty hooves i mean this thing was what it made enough noise on when its feet was hitting the ground i mean it was it, it was like you know like gosh you know like football players hitting hitting those tackling sleds you know i mean it it was a very driving sound um that is about the time i quit Uh, i made sure that i i i carried a weapon (laughs) because i had no idea I, i had no idea what it was right and but again i it's like i told uh one of the guys joey g from florida when he came up uh you know, for, for our field investigation over at at, at Happy's place, was that, uh, and I like to treat this as a, as my my deer factory. I do not want to believe that I'm also having to contend with these Sasquatch, Bigfoot things out here because, man, you know I, I'm I'm you know I got my daughter hunting out there. She, oh yeah, she goes and sits in a blind. She walks back in the dark with a headlamp on, you know, and you know m- me the same you know uh but you know what i i i hear more reports and and and, and read more stories and incidents from people um you, you know from all the different various sites and i'm like oh <laughs> man maybe maybe there's a lot there's something else going on but uh you know i i, I guess I'm, I'm i'm still trying to like oh please don't you know i, I just don't want the, I i don't want that intrusion there you know
0: so so, so it's kind of like the denial. Yeah, no, you know, exactly. That's, of, <laughs> no, that's exact. like the denial that you experienced on the shooting range of, exactly. please just let it be, you know, like yeah. maybe it is a, maybe it is a, a steer that got lost and just running around out there and doing all this stuff. Yeah. Got a hold of the deer feeder and, and, uh, you know. Yeah.
1: <sighs> you, you know, I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, definitely very, uh, uh, It makes you nervous, you know. And then obviously,
0: you know, you. I gotta be be uh honest. Hearing Mm -hmm. you, hearing you say, okay, Mm -hmm. everything you've experienced and been through, hearing you say that it makes me nervous, that makes me nervous. Well, thinking that you're nervous because, I, I mean, to me, you are a guy. Okay, your service, the stuff that you've gone through, you work on a hunting. Show so you're, yeah. I, I mean, it's not like you, um, are wearing a three piece suit and in, in an office building and don't yeah. and know what's going on, yeah. And if you're in a place where you should feel super comfortable and you're nervous, that makes me nervous.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, so what's so funny is like, I, I think you know, like, like I told you earlier, you know, I, I mean, I i spent 10 days in the back country of Wyoming last September, right? And in, in, mm-hmm. in very in in well-known grizzly country. You know, I mean, I saw a grizzly, uh you know, we were walking up we were walking up a uh, you know, forest service road and um this grizzly was walking down it. You know, we were on foot, right? Bear saw us and it jumped in the brush, it was about 40 yards uh, in front of us, right? Mm-hmm. Um that's normally what happens when you see a bear, you right? Um I'm very confident in hunting in grizzly country. Um and stuff like that but man i i do not feel comfortable down in that swamp area (laughs) and that's it's just a weird it's just a weird vibe down there you know and it's uh um yeah you know so you know i I, when I i think of like a military side you know they um you know that they you know whether it be a Sasquatch Bigfoot whatnot they've got the home field advantage right they know the terrain they know all the cover and concealment you know um and uh I don't right I do not have the advantage like that they do um uh even even the predominant wind is in their favor you know um I you know as a hunter you know I take that you know we we all kind of have to play the wind right you know but uh if I was a creature of some sort that did not want to be found I mean believe me I mean we we have a smell you know um humans and and not only just humans but Americans smell different than Middle Easterners, you know and Asians you know it, it from obviously our diet right so we emit a smell I mean Gosh, you know, uh, you you go to ranger school, right? I mean, um, everybody that, you know, towards the end of ranger school, their body just stinks. I mean, it it is a god-awful smell. You know, it's that, you know, your body's kind of eating itself and it emits this nasty, oily stink, you know? And um, uh, uh, if I was a, a creature such as, you know, Bigfoot Sasquatch, you know, I mean, yeah you know they they've they've got some areas that i feel like you know that's that's kind of like home home turf and they know it well they know they know uh uh johnny and i we we talked about this a lot you know even from 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 points where they he feels like they cross the road you know um they they cross at a point that is very advantageous to them right uh you know, you, you, in the military. We try not to cross uh, roads on long stretches, right? You kind of do it and do it in a curve, right? Just because in, in a curve sense. of the road, yeah, a curve, curve of the road, right? I mean, uh, it it kind of limits your exposure, you know. Um, and I think Johnny in his research area, uh, he, he is starting to see that and understand that. You know, obviously, the terrain features are p- playing a very, very big thing in in what he is finding. You know, and, and it's always neat to talk to him. Like when he gets like three or four days off and he's out there. I mean, because you know he's having this stuff go on outside his his back porch, right? I mean right. his back yep. his yep. back door, and bam, there they there there it's it's happening. You know, um, I, you know, and and it's kind of funny because I mean, um, you know, I, I I spend so much time over, over on, on the farm and all that, and there's a, you know, there's a cabin to stay at and all that and and, and whatnot, and I, I you know, I, I guess that whole denial thing, man. I do not want to believe I'm having to share some woods with these things, but you know It it, it definitely there is definitely enough evidence to make me say, okay, there is, there is something, there is something here, there is something happening. Um, you know, I mean, even to the point that, uh, you know, Johnny kind of posted a little video, right. And, and you saw it, yeah. uh, the, yeah. the, the, the dog skulls, you know, and, and it's kind of disturbing to me because, you know, and I, I want your, I want your listeners to, um, please understand. I, um, I am not a dog hunter. Um, meaning like the type of guy that, uh, um, runs dogs to, to chase deer, flush deer out, you know, um, that, that's, that, you know, people do that, you know, but, uh, you know, I don't do that on the farm. Um, there, you know, I don't, I don't even, uh, um, purposely go out and coyote hunt out there, you know, so I don't go out with the game calls and try to call coyotes or whatnot, you know, um, if a coyote comes up underneath a stand, you know um i' and I've got a bow and all that I mean yeah you know it's sometimes you do have to take that shot because you know coyotes and you know they they wreak havoc on the you know turkey population and whatnot you know and 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 the deer population as well but uh um but you know i i i I wanted him to see hey this is this is the little tractor trail that I cut, and this is where that dog was. And as we're walking to it, he finds a skull. And I'm like, well, that's not the dog. It's you know, it's down here. <laughs> and next thing you know, he's walked around and there, here's another one. There's another one. There's another one. And I'm like, Holy smokes. So he got the 20 plus and all within the hundred yard, 120 yard ra- you know, radius. And you know, gosh, you know, 150 yards from a pop-up line right that i have set up along along this uh food plot you know and and all this is you know right uh, you know right above the right above the swamp and uh i do not understand what is you know like what what they are all doing in that location you know um you know, Johnny. And I always sat there when we tried to think. I'm like, all right, you know, it, it, if you're a dog, you got hit on the on the road, and it's a half mile away. What makes them want to go through a swamp, climb a a big hill, and just expire right here? You know, I, I to me, I don't get it. Um, again, I, you know, I did have to disclose. I'm like, all right, so there's a, you know, there's a there's a little spot not too far from there that you know I have. Uh, I have left um you know deer guts and hides you know in the past um after you know we'd taken them to the skinning shack and all that you know but not a lot you know I mean I don't shoot a lot you know, I I don't harvest a lot out there you know and you know at first I thought well maybe I made them mad by I'm not feeding them or something like that maybe they maybe they like the 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 gut piles I I don't know but you know it's not like I was giving them a a weekly pile you know uh, easy meal you know um but again right you know what? it, it kind of goes back to i cut a new path on a tractor you know through the woods and within a week the first dog was found there in june now right uh johnny and the crew come up here a couple weeks ago and now there's skulls all over the place it dude it's kind of weird man and uh I, I, I have no explanation for it. You know, um, you know, it's, it's,
0: you know, I, I mean, when I, when I saw the video and mm-hmm. talked to happy about that, I, that is, that is one of the craziest things. And I, I mean, look, I'm not a big outdoorsman. I'm not a yeah, yeah. going out hunting and stuff, but I still know enough to know that you're the chances of you finding an area where there's. 20 plus yeah canine skulls is not good i don't know even unless yeah. you know unless we're talking about uh you know a dog pound somewhere that's euthanizing uh animals and even that's they it. even they wouldn't just throw them out in the yeah you know? and 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 how i mean and the
1: only way i mean like i said it's a controlled access gate you know big wrought iron gate there's no other access in you know um, and that gate's locked, right? You know,
0: um,
1: I, I and so, so, that, that, so in other what, words,
0: that, a human being is not driving onto that piece of property no, dumping dog.
1: No, you know what? I and, 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 and we're, you know, I'm out there enough. I, you know, um, you, you would be able to tell that there's some tire tracks, you know, um, uh, through the grass you know what I mean? And, and there's none of that. That's, that's what, uh, um, so that's you know that's what's disturbing you know about about it all now. Uh, so I, I went out and I set up three cameras all in that area now you know to try to hopefully capture something. Um, you know Johnny and I we also have a theory that you know what um, these these things can see um, the the PIR you know passive infrared. Um, of these game cameras, um, uh, only because some canines can like wolves. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if they happen to have, uh, the ability to see this beam, right. Then maybe they will stay away from that area. you know right. So now I set these cameras up basically creating a wall, right?
0: <laughs> not so, not so much. If you happen to get a picture, that's great, but the main, main thing is you're doing it as a deterrent for them. Exactly. To keep, go exactly. find someplace else to do, yeah. to do. This. I, I want,
1: so this is, yeah, my theory is I want them to know, I know what they're doing and that they are, it, they are, they are moving into my territory. Right. And mm-hmm. you know, right. Here's the line, right. You guys got the swamp. I got above it. So, um, you start putting, dog skulls up here you're crossing the line and uh yeah so i'm literally i checked you know cameras over the weekend stuff like that they're all fine um you know two of them are the cellular cameras you know so i you know i'd, I'd get a you know obviously a uh image back to my my phone here you know instantly you know so um but yeah you know it uh that's just uh it, it'll be interesting to see if. Um, this activity stops or if something else happens you know um
0: yeah so wow that's <clears throat> look i'll be because you know i'm in contact with happy and johnny yeah, and these guys, yeah. so i'm definitely anxious to hear what uh hear what transpires and and i know yeah. we kind of we don't want to give too much away but i know johnny's working on he is putting the footage together from you guys being out there a couple of weeks ago to go up on the on the yeah. on the uh facebook page i think yeah and it yeah. should be should be pretty interesting for, yeah
1: it, it, for the, it is it is so you know like uh we did our investigation stuff over at the location where happy's encounter was you know and uh, um for scott to find tracks you know crossing a power line um and it, and it and so when I say finding tracks, it rained, um, the night before real, we had a real big, heavy, uh, um, rain, you know, uh, rain front come through. Right. So these things were pretty fresh. Um, and, uh, you know, for him to find that, and then we kind of just followed the straight line, you know, uh, where the direction that this thing was moving towards, and then we you know finding this uh, so i'm 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 I'm, I'm going to call it like a nest you know and I'm not sure if Johnny or happy shared the pictures with you but yeah you know, it, it'll be on the uh the uh video piece that Johnny's putting together but uh it was that thing was pretty intriguing I, again um because we had a storm and all that um you know this thing was like I said you know it 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 wasn't scattered or nothing like that. I mean, this was this was something that was purposely done, you know, with with pine needles, right? And uh, and there was an an indentation in there, uh, in an, an indention in this pine needle the size of Johnny's body because I made him lay down in it, right? And uh, just because to get a representation, like, all right, something could have actually laid in this thing. You know, um, like, you know, you tell your kids to go rake up the leaves, you know, then they lay down in it, you know, but Mm -hmm. this was, this was, you know, this was pine needles and, uh, um, ah, man, you know, and then the next day Scott found two more, right. And, uh, I've never seen anything like that in the woods. There was, you know, there was no like claw marks or hoof marks to indicate like, a, a known animal that we know did that, right? You know, um, now we all know, you know, we know, like, uh, you know, turkeys, they go through the woods and they scratch and peck all the time, but you know what, this would take about, you know, 20, 20 turkeys getting in a, you know, eight foot diameter circle and they all scratch, towards the back at the same time.
0: You know 20, what I mean? Twenty twenty turkeys <laughs> yeah. with a sole purpose. Exactly. You know, that doesn't,
1: that doesn't yeah. happen. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You know, cause this was and, and this circle, this I mean this was too perfect. I mean this was too perfect of a circle. You know, and uh, and, uh hey man, I, I, just, and I tell you what, that that thing just seeing that, I I mean I was like that was a huge eye opener, you know, because I'm like I've, I've not seen this on any of the Bigfoot shows, you know, uh, you know, and we all have, you know, sit around and we think, man, okay, why would they do this? You know, well, you know, what? uh, it's been cold, right. You know, um, here and, you know, what a good, what a good way to mound up some insulation, right. To sleep on the ground, you know, um, or Angie had a really good theory about, you know, it could be, like, a spot maybe they, they put their their young, you know, like, one, you know, babies, you know, uh, they sell them at stores, the little cradles that, you know, uh, uh, little foam things that you put the infant in so it doesn't roll off, you know, when you change their oh, diapers. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah, so maybe something like that, you know, like, hey, it's it's just a safe dry spot to put the young or something like that, you know, and... um. Uh, you know i mean there's so many different you know but you know things that it could be but you know that makes sense too you know um but like i said i've not seen anything like that you know um, and i i i think when you know the video's out you know i really hope people see that and i hope you know any of your listeners come back and say oh i've seen this or you know they they've found one too you know or They'll be on the lookout to look for something like that because it it is it is remarkable that not just finding you know one, but when you find three, now that you know that that's that becomes repeatable, right? You know. Yeah, it's
0: not it's not an accident when it's three. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. You know, so. Man. Well,
0: and that's kind of and just like you said, I mean, that's kind of the point of sharing the stuff and putting together you know the video evidence evidences to see. Yeah. If this behavior or like, like, look, I really don't want to hear from somebody and say, oh, yeah, I've seen places where there's, you know, I found 30 canine skulls. I mean, that just is, that's just, uh, that's just not a pleasant thought. But some of the other behavior, some of the other behavior, though, yeah, you definitely want to um, hear that. So, you know, that, okay, it's, you know, if it is an accident, well, Mm -hmm. there's accidents happening all over you know yeah yeah um, and you're just like i said i've heard similar stories from military personnel about seeing things out on ranges and it just doesn't make any sense
1: yeah 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 you know i I talked to a um a former ranger up there at fort lewis that uh you know um had a incident of uh um while they were on a range and it's you know um basically using up all the ammunition at the, uh, end of the, uh, training exercise, you know, cause you can't turn in live, live ammo. So, you know, you just got to sit there and shoot, shoot everything into the burn basically. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and in the course of doing that, something was, was screaming and hollering, howling and, and at them from the, you know, from down range, you, you'd have to, you know, spook these guys and, you know, the, you know, these, these are three Rangers. right. And, uh, (laughs) yeah. Because, because they, they, you know, and, 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 you know, that's where I was stationed too, you know? So it's like, man, I know the exact range he's talking about, you know, but the thing is, all right. So now you got a young soldier and he's doing this. He's not expected to hear something howling and whooping at the, at them you know, from the direction that they're trying to, you know, expel ammo, right? So, yeah, exactly. uh, um, yeah, so, and and again, it's one of those things where they, too, had to stop, they, too, had to go make sure there wasn't someone down there clutching their guts, and, you know, on you know, they accidentally sent a round into somebody, it wasn't, you know, there was no one there, you know? So, um, uh, yeah, you know, so, yeah, you know, I'm I'm glad that you know uh, more folks are you know sharing these you know these experiences you know so
0: yeah and well I I tell you what I, I really appreciate you yeah. sharing this with, and to me your your eyewitness testimony is not to discount anybody else's mm-hmm. but but your experience in the woods as a, as a soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that your ability to recognize things, judge distances, um, yeah. and just know what should be in a place and what shouldn't be in a place just totally makes your, your, your sighting so much, uh, more intriguing. Right, well,
1: me. thank you. I well, mean, thank you. Yeah. Th- thank you for giving me the platform to, to, um, share, share, you know, with your listeners and. Uh, about that you know um, know, yeah again you know it's it's you know it is you know not not a not a week goes by that I don't think about it you know uh, because again it shouldn't have happened it shouldn't have been there right Um, and uh, when you start putting the clues together you know especially from the uh, uh, another siding you know from the late 70s and then these ladies having their their siding and you know it's just too much in that one area so yeah i i <laughs> hey there's something
0: going on in georgia
1: but uh, you know what uh i i would have never believed it you know so i was stationed up in washington state for nine years you know and uh um yeah and you always kind of figure you know that's kind of like the ground you know that's that's the ground zero for all the bigfoot stuff but georgia's got quite a bit you know and uh, mm-hmm. uh but you, you hey you're in what ohio right
0: same in ohio <laughs> yeah and ohio's
1: i mean, yeah i mean ohio's got some you know uh yeah we uh, you know i deer hunted up in uh licking county oh
0: yeah you know? uh, mm-hmm. um
1: there's some big deer there uh yeah we filmed the episode out that way and you know uh um i uh there were some locals locals out there they would tell me some stories you know i was like Oh man! okay
0: so you know what
1: it, it's it's almost any everywhere you know
0: it, it it is and it and like I'm with you you know when growing up you just thought it was only in uh in the pacific northwest and yeah. and then, and then uh, since we've been doing this it's just um uh it's everywhere. I mean it, it, people are seeing something experiencing something and it's not just uh, their imagination and like I said you're hearing your sighting and your experiences and you just you're the kind of guy that just knows what's what's not out of place <laughs> yeah and and um <laughs> so I know I don't know but I still will you know watch going out there with happy and Johnny Two Bears because I'm sure that that's their plan—is they're going to leave you behind. <laughs> so. That's probably, probably, probably. <laughs> but little they you know. I think you could probably uh, wound at least Happy with a shot to the <laughs> to his ankle, and then you could crawl out <laughs> past. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh <laughs> uh, well, Captain Joe, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, and, um I know our uh, I know our listeners are going to love uh, love this uh these uh experiences that you've shared and when uh, when the stuff gets up that Johnny gets done we'll be sure to share that too. Thank you. I'm sure everybody will be eager to see that. So so okay. stay safe out there. We'll do. Uh, thank you. Cuz I want to hear some more stories in the future. <laughs> uh we'll do, no we'll do.
1: We'll do. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> yes, thank you.
1: At Parker, our purpose is simple.